Drama. Drama. Hey, drama listeners. We have a very exciting episode coming at you today with the one and only Nick Walker. You know him from Hamilton, and he's currently in Ain't Too Proud. He is so freaking good. And actually, we've had three of the five current temptations. Yes, we have had Jelani Remy. That's right. And Juwan Jackson. Love. And then today is Nick. He's, we talk about Hamilton. We talk about Ain't Too Proud. We talk about so much. And you've got to listen to this episode. And also... Check out our Patreon. It's $5 a month for bonus episodes, close friends content. You're truly a part of the pod in a special way. And as the holiday season is coming around, why don't you consider supporting us as we head into this next year with $5 a month? Why not? Let's do it. All right, Dylan. Why are we keeping them waiting? Let's go to the show. Okay. (laughs) Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. Dylan, I'm like actually gagged right now, and I just got this like warm feeling because we have not recorded sitting next to each other. On a regular feed pod. Since March 10th, 2020. That's insane. I want to say it was March 10th. And we're doing this for a very special reason. Yeah. Because you are visiting me in New York City. That's right. I'm back, back, back again. I know. And you, you're kind of a Twitter star randomly getting like ha- <laughs> like 50 likes on a selfie. I just posted a selfie on my Twitter account that's just said good morning new york i'm yeah well you know new york missed you did you miss it i really did especially now that it feels like the new york that i left behind dramatically oh my god literal drama yeah what are we doing this week so let's tell everyone you know we took a little hiatus from recording we did because we recorded the gargantuan two-year anniversary you know six interviews crammed into two episodes catching up with our pals Let's see. Well, we saw our friend Robbie Roselle show at Birdland last night. Yes, love. We're seeing love, Carolina love. Change. We're seeing everything that we haven't seen before or things that we didn't see before the pandemic. I'm going to see Flying Over Sunset. I know. I'm jealous. Gotta catch Diana. I know. We must. I mean, it's everyone's talking about Wait, it. Wait, everyone is saying it's like so good live. Yeah. I mean, we have not seen the Netflix. I know. I've, we've, we've held off. Away. We held off. It's weird. Be- and I guess we can talk about this once we've actually seen it. But it's interesting, the concept of, you know, Hamilton came out on Disney Plus and it, it increased want for Lynn, ticket sales. It was just in the press that Lynn said it increased demand. Yeah, increased demand. And then Diana took a risk, a musical no one had seen before, going on Netflix. And no, I guess no audience. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. And people were like ripping it apart online. But now people are seeing it in real life. And it's interesting to kind of, I'm not comparing the art of the two, but just in the way both of them dropped on streaming services and that Diana is, I guess, playing amazingly in front of a crowd. And I heard that the audience is like participating. They love it. Singing along, heckling Prince Charles. So I know I'm excited to see it for that, for that reason. Maybe we're in a new age of theater. I think we are. Yeah, definitely. And then I don't know if we're seeing anything else. We're going to catch our, our friend Ben Moss's show. Oh, yeah, It's going to be so and fun. Maybe a couple other things, but there's, there is a show we're not catching this time because we saw it early on, but yeah, I have a feeling after our conversation today, I'm going to feel that inkling to want to return to it. And that's Ain't Too Proud because we're talking to the star of it today. The literal star. Literal star of that, among other things. And I think I'm going to read him in because we want to we want to be precious with his time. Yes. As he's, you know, with us the morning after his birthday. I know. Which is kind of a gag. I know. New year, new me. There, yeah. New year, new Nikki. 
Oh, oh, that could be the title of the episode. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Our guest today is currently starring as Otis Williams in Ain't Too Proud, The Life, Yes, and Times of the Temptations. Hot off of three years on Broadway and touring the nation as Aaron Burr, sir, in Hamilton. This leading man has shared his talents in the New York and national touring companies of Motown the Musical, as well as Off-Broadway and Peter and the Starcatcher. You just might recognize him from Law & Order SVU, or perhaps know his name as a playwright. He is the creator and writer of the Bloody Boston Trilogy, as well as co-creator of Company One's Articulation. His movie analysis podcast, Little Justice, is available for downloading now, along with episodes of his activism chat show with Sasha Hutchings on Broadway World called Chaos Twins. Twins. Wait, where are the chaos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to talk to him about this. He is a Marvel fanatic, theme park extraordinaire, and bona fide Broadway star. Please welcome to drama, Nick Nick Walker. Walker. I'm going to say, let me tell you, I have never had such a well-researched, and kind introduction that is so i feel so special thank you for having me on this wonderful wonderful pod oh my goodness well happy birthday happy birthday thank you it is an honor oh my gosh well when i saw that you were replying to emails on your birthday which i then saw on social media later i thought wow among all of the the bevy of messages he's probably receiving of old friends and teachers and fans alike He's replying to us in our little podcast. Listen, this is very important. This is very important. Y'all, y'all are keeping the love of this thing alive, man. So we gotta, we, we're, you know, you call, I answer. That's that's the that's the bottom line. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, you Nick, know. welcome to drama. Oh, thank you so much for having me on drama. I'm very excited to be here. Are oh, you man. well? I'm super well. You know, it's 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 a crazy, as you guys know, it's a crazy time, and I think that. You know, <laughs> there's the there's the drama of the shows we do and the stories we tell, but it's also the drama of like, hey, we're literally trying to like j- jumpstart an industry in the midst of a pandemic. And what did, what is that? How does that go? What does that look like? And it's the kind of thing where it really you have to take it one day at a time because you just especially when you're leading a show, it is pretty overwhelming. Like it really mm-hmm. is this kind of like thing that's like staring you right in the face and you just are trying to enjoy the fact that you're back doing this job you love but you're also like wow this is so different this is so like it's also so the same like you know there's there's things i think within the community of your building of your show it's like at least for us it feels that community you know i think we're we're very fortunate that ain't too proud is just a building full of just good people people who are really there for the work and really there to support each other and that we, we don't we don't have a lot of like you know tension or 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 butting heads or anything like that so that's nice but then you just you know you look at the world and you look at what we kind of are facing down and it's just like good lord and we got to do a you know three hour show in the middle of all that you know <laughs> so it's it's a lot man uh but but we we're making it we're making it you know day by day yeah. oh my god well thank you for making time for us we're such fans i know we were chatting before but we got, definitely got to see you as aaron burr on the tour of hamilton in cleveland so what sorry. was that like summer 20 <laughs> was that 2017 so i think summer it was 20 20 it was either 20 i think it might be 2018 18, 18 makes sense actually yeah. 18, i think yeah and if, I, I think it's 2018 yeah that um 
Cleveland, that that's I was telling I was telling you guys before we start recording that that stop is so special to me because number one, uh, now the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, that's right. You know, my buddy Adam Grossman works for the Red Sox, and I'm from Boston, and so he was hooking us up with all these sports things, and it was really great just to be able to like you know see all these teams up close and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then y'all's grocery store, minus. <laughs> And here's yep. the funny thing. I did a video there and it went like, vi- it went like legit viral. Cause like I went, I had like a reaction video. I just recorded <laughs> a video like, yo, y'all, you know, when, when, when we're coming to your tour, like I understand, like you don't want to, you know, tell us about like the, the gems of your town. You want to protect mm-hmm. those, those secrets, but like y'all have to prepare me for like this grocery store. Cause it's mm-hmm. out of control. And if you, if you don't know Heinen's in Cleveland, like it is, was it in a bank? Like what was that building? Yes. Like? Yes. It was a it bank, was a bank. Mm-hmm. and it's it is like this stunning dome and like this these beautiful pillars. I'm a, I'm an architecture nerd. I love this stuff, uh-huh. and and it's also the the shooting location for the Avengers uh, for right. uh, one of the Captain America fights against the Chitari. And it literally, I I was just like, this is stunning. And then it that video just went to the point where like people <laughs> from Cleveland still dm me and they're like they like send me gift cards <laughs> you gotta come back oh i got oh I, I i'm definitely trying to come back to cleveland i man i love that city that was so fun that's so nice to hear you know because people often call cleveland the mistake on the lake I know. it's like a very it gets a bad reputation but <laughs> you heard it here first folks i love cleveland. nick walker loved cleveland. love cleveland i think before and before the avengers filmed there it was starting to gain notoriety as a filming location i think spider-man 3 filmed some scenes there as well i, I would believe that it's a very it's it's mm-hmm. perfect for it it's per- like there's something and that's what i loved too was like there's just something i'm a huge sucker for any any city that's going to take yes you can you can knock down these buildings and you can create something completely new high rises whatever but like there's a couple of locations that you guys have on that main strip where You've mm-hmm. taken, you've ta- you've maintained the old structure. There's like this beautiful seafood restaurant or sushi restaurant that's also in a bank. That's in, in another bank, and there's like that bar that's like in like underground or something. That's actually our uh, Hamilton director Tommy threw us a party down there um, oh, in fun. that like bank vault lounge thing. So it was just like, oh, is really it called? Cool. I think it's literally called the vault. I think it is called the vault. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it's called. And it was just really cool to. To kind of hang in these like old, I love history. I just love love being like at these old buildings, you know, and it's really cool. That is so fun. Oh my God. Actually, I just remembered while you were talking that I was working at an indoor cycling studio at the time. And a lot of you guys from Hamilton would come ride, especially Joseph Morales. Oh, he would God. come all the time. And Nick, let me tell you, the girls that I worked with would freak out being like, oh my God, Hamilton was in our class. Mm-hmm. It was like, the, it was the moment of the summer, honestly, because you guys were there for like, what, about a month, five or six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. We were there for like five weeks and, 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 you know, weeks. and it was great. I think, you know, Playhouse Square, like that whole area, right. I, it really is, you know, it's so rare when you come in on tours, even with Hamilton, right. When, when Hamilton and you're doing like two months, sit downs, month and a half, sit down. Mm-hmm. You know, you generally just come in and, you know, just are, you know, you come into the venue and you you kind of set up shop and you you have, you know, your stage manager, your company manager give you the rundown. But I'll never forget that Cleveland, that when we came in, we had a meeting with like their people, like they were there for our first day, like, hey, if there's anything we can do for you, like they just wanted to introduce themselves. 
And I thought it was the sweetest thing. And it was just so clear that that community just cares about theater and really oh, yeah. wanted to make us feel safe and welcomed. And it was just like, oh, you know what? This is this is going to be fun. <laughs> you know, and, and it was it was a blast. And Joseph Joseph's an idiot. And you can tell him I said that. <laughs> I mean that, that, and I say idiot. I, you to, one thing you'll learn about me is I, I, everybody who I'm dear to your friends with, I have like a very antagonistic relationship with uh, on the surface. And just, <laughs> yes, you, I, you're famous for having frenemies. From I what I've heard, have a lot of frenemies. A lot. And jo- <laughs> and Joseph is one of them. We have, we have, uh, we have, we have our little pet names for each other that is very offensive. Uh, <laughs> but, but he's, <laughs> drama, dra- drama, one hundred percent drama. <laughs> But he is literally, I couldn't have done the show without him. He um got, because there, there's, you know, when you're playing Burr and Hamilton, like there's, there's just not a lot of other characters who kind of, I would, I would imagine it's similar to like an Alpha Book Linda thing where mm-hmm. you, there's just not a lot of characters who kind of understand what you have to do to do your show. And not like, I, I hate when we get into like the whole actor thing of like, oh, I have to plumb the depths and like all that stuff. But like, <laughs> uh, like even just the day-to-day maintenance of like, Ooh, yeah, probably can't go out. Like, probably got to yeah. stay in tonight. Probably got it. Whatever, you know, just kind of keep to myself. Like, very rare that you that you have uh, the other tracks that that can really understand that. Just because, like, they're just there's they're, they're just not a lot of not as much narrative weight on them. Um, but with me and Joseph from the beginning, like even back in rehearsals, we were going out like after rehearsal, like, hey, you good? Like, you need anything? Because that's <laughs> a lot. And we we're like, okay, we got this. So. I I love that boy to my dying day. To my dying day. Uh, yeah. I love that. And listen, you were so good as Burr mm. and so tall and you had the beard. It was just very striking. Were you the first Burr on the tour? Yeah. You you yeah, opened we the opened, tour? We opened yeah. the tour. Oh my God. You did such a great job. Yes. Nick. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's it, well, go ahead. What were you say? Oh, I was just gonna say, did you like playing Burr? I loved it. It was, you know, it's so funny, you know. So I think the thing that I really, you know, appreciate about the way that Lynn and Tommy and Jeffrey, our, uh, our Hamilton producer, set me up was that they really didn't want me to do Leslie and they don't want anyone doing Leslie. Like they, and I think mm-hmm. that's true. This, I mean, it's true across the board. They don't want anyone doing Renee. Nobody should do C-Jack because C-Jack sucks. Uh, he's a terrible <laughs> person. He has no talent. Uh, I hope he listens to this. Friend of me. Uh, he's an absolute <laughs> one. Oh, I'll tell you a story about it. He messed me up so bad literally a couple days ago on the street and scared the crap out of me. I'm going to tell you that story in two seconds because <laughs> he is absolutely a friend of me. Uh, but no, it, the thing I really appreciate is that they, they, they really want you to find it for yourself. And, you know, I think it's funny because when the tour was in Cleveland, I think I was very much still finding my groove i think honestly burr even with the the broadway stint and you know and then the tour i was on tour you know for two years um wow yeah i think that it really took me until that last six months to really find the burr that was like in if we're talking like the target right like the the concentric circles of a target like Mm -hmm. that was in the center ring right that was kind of the the sticking point that was like right there uh, was in the last six months of tour before that. It wasn't that I didn't get it. It was just, there was a, there was a consistency that wasn't there yet. And, you know, and I had to really work with the team to find just because it, it is, there are so many possibilities for what you can do with that role. And I will also say, I think the kind of the beautiful thing about that role was it, it really taught me, it was kind of like a, free masterclass on how to lead a company 
because up up until that point right i had been i had been understudying i had been understudying all for my broadway career so this is my first time like no this is this you are out front of the thing and it's your role now and i think when yeah. you when you're an understudy and understudies are the unsung heroes of this thing swings understudies uh standbys like they are they literally are the a team they they are just ready ready to go and but i think you have a little more freedom because you're not on there every night so you can really play right. around because it is sporadic but when you're doing the hmm. thing how can you create a it doesn't have to be the same show every night but can you create a consistent baseline so that you know everyone everyone who's interacting with you you know like, yeah like you can play so that like you keep it fresh but like just what is what is that center ring and that took me about mm. a year and a half to find. Wow. So, yeah. But we found but we found it. We found it. So we found it. We found it. Yeah. I mean, I thought you were so great. Wait, you know who else I was obsessed with? Who? And I, I don't remember her name, but the gal playing Angelica. Oh, uh, Taria. Taria Campbell. Taria Campbell. Right? She yeah. is out of this world. Her 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 satisfied is one of the most incredible satisfied. I think one of the things that they have done so smartly is again, they're not trying to cast carbon copies. They yep. are trying to, there are energies that they are trying to replicate. And Taria is an old soul. And I mean that in the most res- like respectful way. She is someone who has seen life, experienced life and brings that with her on stage. And I think that that is, there is a grounding to her satisfied. There is a knowledge of, for me, thinking back to it, you understand the tactician that Angelica is, right? A lot of, it's not, it's not just this fun Missy Elliott rap. It's, it is literally a woman being like, Hey, I only have options ABC in this time period. And Mm -hmm. here's what I, here's how I want to navigate this. And you see the cost, you really see the cost by the end of it of like, yeah, I got to let go of the thing that makes me happy because there, there's a whole, there are bigger fish to fry. I think with Taria, I for the first time understood her or Angelica as kind of the, the antithesis to Hamilton in the sense of like the most selfless, right? Mm. Hamilton's journey is, is learning selflessness. Angelica is selfless from the time she walks on the stage. She is thinking about others and that is such a, uh, it comes so across so clearly with Taria, you know. And I'm gagged. Wow. Oh, no. I clearly had some time to think about the uh, the show in all those years. I mean, well, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love, so that's in my writing life. I love story structure. I love, you know, that's why when I first joined this, it was, I had a very burr relationship with this show because it is so brilliant. And I was literally like, uh, I was like, screw you guys. I don't like, uh-huh. screw you for creating this thing that is so brilliant. And then you meet Lynn and you're like, wow, you're just a big nerd. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, it's not like you are like you are just somebody who gets this stuff. And of course, it's you. And it, and it really is coming from a place of such a love. But it doesn't it can't deny that, like, you built something that is so structurally sound. And I think that, you know, you asked me my my uh, my moment with that inspired me. Yeah, yeah. Your ring right. of keys moment. My ring of yeah. keys moment. And I think that I think a, like this is later in my career, but th- it re-inspired me was really learning how deep the rabbit hole goes in terms of the structure of the show. Because mm. and you know, it's and it, I, I say this in the wake of losing, you know, our great artist Sondheim. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that we live in this time right now where, you know, again, we I get it, you know, Times Square you know, you, you're trying to get people in, you want money, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't have, like, I'm not against bread and circuses. I'm not against these shows that are like, 
No, it's not. You know, I want to do away with the word fluff because nothing is fluff. It's all if you mm-hmm. put, got a show on Broadway, you worked really, really hard. Yeah, right. You for a long time, probably a long <laughs> time. You really busted some hump to get your show there because like <laughs> it's hard, y'all. Like no show mm-hmm. is just there because it's, it wanted to be there. Like it was just like mm-hmm. overnight. But I think that there is something to be said for shows that like even if they are you know jukebox musicals even if they are whatever just really understand structure and what it means to tell a story and what it means to write variations on a theme and hamilton is that show hamilton is variations on a theme every character is a commentary on the central theme that's why it resonates because you're able to just it's it is staggeringly simple and in its simplicity seems complex Mm. Um, so I, I was really, you know, when I, when it first came out, I was so jealous of all my friends who were in it. I hate, I refused to listen to it. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, I hate, I hate it. I have journal entries from 2015 (laughs) being like, yo, screw Oak. I hate that dude. I hate (laughs) F like, what is this? Why am I coming back? I was, I was, I was, I was in Denver doing the play the premiere of one night in miami I was, I was sam cook and it was at denver center and come back and me and oak had had sushi like before i left and he was like yeah man i'm doing this show with the public we don't know what's gonna go like whatever i was like dude you know it's the game like whatever it's fine mm-hmm. and I come back and this man's on billboards and like, <laughs> what the actual hell is happening uh-huh. so i was so angry <laughs> And then you join it and you're like, wow, this is actually just a brilliant piece of writing. Mm. And there's that I can't I can't take that away. There's enough like it is just brilliant. So so good. I know. And I think when Hamilton got so popular so fast, it was everywhere. Even part of me was like, oh, my God, like. Uh, I don't need to see Mm -hmm. it everywhere. And then you listen to it or you go see it again or you talk to people about it and you're like, Oh my God, it's fucking incredible. One of the most revolutionary pieces of art we will have in our lifetimes and we'll, it'll, it'll hold up probably forever. You know, it's just so good. So I understand what you mean by that, having that kind of that feeling. And I appreciate your honesty about it because sometimes we talk to people and they're just like, you know, I'm blessed. I'm doing my thing. It wasn't meant to be whatever, but I'm sure they have these feelings too. You know, I mean, you do know. Oh, everyone. That's the thing. You know, and I I think that this is something that I I aspire to do, you know, on my social media and just in in my interactions, like I'm always just touched by honesty. Mm -hmm. And again, that's why I say there's, it's not about fluff because like, you know, you talk about Diana, right? Diana is very purposefully, it seems trying to like, taking this kind of not camp approach but like a very pop approach yeah. to to her life so like great do that honestly mm-hmm. do you know what I mean just just be what is the honesty of that of that genre of that thing um that's what touches me it doesn't need to be like super serious and dark but like just what is the honesty there um and and, and i also think that in my life like can i just be honest about you know, my struggles and, and, and my dislikes. And, and, you know, if you're looking to me as someone to take a cue from, can I just be honest? And I think mm. that that's what has kept me sane is just being like, I don't have, I'm not going to pretend. I, it also means that I can put up boundaries. If there's something I don't want to talk about, say, Hey, uh, you know, what? I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, like, like instead of making up something to like justify why right. I don't want to talk about it, it's like, no, there's a boundary. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. Well, Nick, I have to say, I was, reading through your Twitter and I really appreciate 
you're so you. You're not afraid to talk about anything. And <laughs> we actually spoke with Erica Henningsen from me, I mean, most notably Mean Girls yeah. about this. And I talked to her about how I appreciate her using her platform to talk about the things that are important to her, good and bad. And that as a person with with followers, you know, like it or not, with influence, she's using her voice to talk about important things. And you do the same thing. And I think it means a lot being the star of, a, you know, two different hit shows now. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. So thank you, seriously, for putting that out there, because it inspires other people to also use their voice. We just, it's, it's very kind of you. I, I will say I'm fortunate to live with a beautiful and smart and very active wife who, who is so, I thought that I was inclusive before I came into this, to this, you know, now 10 year relationship. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh yeah. It's been, it's been, been a minute. Congrats. Uh, married or together? Together. So together 10 and then married for five. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. Yeah, so no, it's been it's been a while, but but she is fiercely just about making space, and and the importance of everyone knowing that they have a seat and that mm. they have a say. And it's it's I think especially right now, it's just beyond. We 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 it has to be all hands on deck. It has mm-hmm. to be, and the I think that what people get so annoyed with often is like you know, every, the, the attacks on, you know, well, let's, you know, why, why do we have to be so politically correct? And it's like, it's not about political correctness as much as it's about get my name right. Yeah. Like my favorite example, we had uh, this amazing gentleman, David J. Johns on the chaos twins, yes. uh, which is me and Sasha's, you know, uh, show activism show. And um, he said this thing that I think is so brilliant. Cause we were talking about, you know, LGBTQIA plus acronym. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, you know, when people are talking to him, like, why is there so many letters? Like, I know it's long. You need to say every letter, mm-hmm. say every letter, because that's what it is. Mm. And when it gets longer, you'll say those letters yeah. as well. <laughs> yep. Yes. And it's just, do you know what I mean? Like, if that's your name, if that's who you are, then say the name. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's where say it, say their names comes from. Acknowledge across all you know marginalized communities that there are people who are not being seen and see them doesn't mean you have to agree with them it just means do them the human decency of seeing that they exist yeah and not taking that for granted and i think that when you do have a platform like this like you know i i know that it, it I'll never be that person who posts like the glamorous. Like, I don't even know how to do like I was, I was out with dinner uh, with Juwan Jackson mm-hmm. last night. And we were making fun of him because he is so good. Like, you, know, oh, yeah. you need like somebody in a velvet sweater that is he is there <laughs> mm-hmm. for you and with you. And that is beautiful. And I'll never be that person um, <laughs> just because I also I, I have no sense of style. I dress like a 12 year old child. <laughs> from the 90s. That is one way to, to interact with your fans. And it's a beautiful way. And like, please spread, spread that love and that joy and that fashion and awesome, that culture. But like, for me, I'm like, hey, if you if you're following me, you're going to get some nerd stuff. You're going to get some <laughs> writing stuff. And you're probably going to get a lot of activism mm-hmm. and, pl- and things to call, pl- you know, numbers to call, places to be. So you, that's just you got an authentic social media presence. Oh, thank you. I love it. But I've got to hear your take on Rogers the Musical. Did you watch Hawkeye oh my yet? God. I have not watched. Oh, yet. okay. I'm okay. So excited. I'm so excited. Um, You'll see some familiar faces. Oh, I know. I'm already like, because uh, one of my, I was DMing a couple people when they were filming that. Okay. Um, oh, you guys, I, I am when it's, it's perfect. It's uh-huh. just the, per, just conceptually. I'm like, yo, that's, that's right. That's exactly uh-huh. what would happen. 
100 percent and it would look like that (laughs) you're gonna (laughs) laugh there's there's some hilarious moments in it too (sighs) Ooh, wait before i forget before I forget, speaking of all you know, all this musical, uh, all this musical stuff. Let me tell you this Chris Jackson story really quick. I'm oh, yes, I'm oh wow, yeah. I can't believe you remembered. Oh yeah, so Chris Jackson, I'm walking, and this is a common <laughs> occurrence. I'm walking up Eighth with some buddies of mine from uh, the Diz Podcast, which is a uh, you know they cover Disney theme, Disney theme parks and and news and all that stuff, and it's it's an amazing podcast. And we're just walking and talking about like they just seen the show, and all of a sudden this freaking SUV pulls up right outside of uh, what is now Dolly Varden's on 51st. He's like, get out the street. What the hell's your problem? And just like starts. And I'm like, are we being attacked? No, it's Chris motherfucking Jackson <laughs> in the middle, like in the middle. And like this man, like screeches his car to a halt, gets out of the car and like attacks me on the street. <laughs> and I want everyone to know this because everyone thinks, oh, no, it's crazy. He's like, great. Chris is not great. Chris is a terrible <laughs> person. Chris is bad. As is James Iglehart, also bad, bad people with no <laughs> no love in their hearts. So do not support them. Do not go to their shows. Just know that they're bad. And that's all I got to say. You it, heard it here first. This is the drama <laughs> people listen to the pod for, Nick. You uh-huh. need to understand. Thank you for bringing this this, this truth about these awful men. Always. Well, no wonder neither of them have responded to our emails for asking to get them to be on the podcast. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. Drag them. Drag them. Please. Please don't like respond to nothing. A network show or, you know, James nobody, is not a Tony and doing two different shows cares. at once. Nobody and... cares about their... They they have so much... They sit around and just, just look at pictures of themselves. That's what they do. All right. They got time. They're just being idiots. So, Oh, my God. That. Wait. Wait, Nick, you mentioned earlier that you had sort of a second ring of keys moment with Hamilton. Do you have a first one when you realized I that do. you loved the arts and wanted to be a yes, star? 100%. So I went as a kid. So I had, uh, or I still have ADHD and my mom, you know, I actually got in the theater because my mom had heard the theater would focus me. And so she, she encouraged me to like try this out. And so it really became part of my life. And from there was a love developed of storytelling in general. Mm-hmm. The this is going to sound so crazy, but I was <laughs> obsessed as a kid with Mark Twain. I was obsessed. Mm. I thought Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer, uh, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court. I loved those books. I just thought they were magnificent to the point when when the tour, when Hamilton came through Kansas City, I actually uh, I can say this now because, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been two years. I yeah. took played hooky. Uh, uh-huh. And me and uh, Kyle Scatliff uh, and Fergie, uh, who are now the the Loft Jeff and Mulligan Madison on Broadway, we took a day trip to Hannibal, Missouri, where Mark Twain is from. Mm-hmm. And Hannibal is like preserved as his hometown. Like, and he based St. Petersburg, which is the hometown of Tom Sawyer, off his hometown, like street for street. So like you can go, his house was Tom's house, right? His like friend shack was supposed to be Huck's house. And like you can wow. see all these places, the caves, and it's just beautiful. But point being, the Ring of Keys moment, the time when I was like, yo, I want to tell stories, was the 1994 film Tom and Huck, starring Brad Renfro and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, Uh, yes, JTT. JTT, gotta love them. I just, it was something about that film was just so exciting to me. and And I was just like, wow, you can you can really do things with story story like and character. And I just remember watching it as a kid and just being like, this is, this is incredible. Like, I, I don't know what it is. And, and, and it, to the point where like, whenever I would go to the Disney parks, right. They have Tom Sawyer's Island and they have, mm-hmm. those games. Oh yeah. 
And I would get, I would just, my, my family would have to look for me because I'd be, I'd just be <laughs> staying in those caves the whole day. Oh, um, I, I love it. Them. So that was, that was, that's so cute. Yeah. Probably that was definitely the first inspiration of, Ooh, I want to do this was watching Tom and Huck as a child. Yeah. Was that a Disney movie? Yes. Okay. Yes, I thought so. Oh yes. it was. Okay. That all ties in. I have not seen that movie since we were little kids. I mean, I remember watching it like at our grandma's house when yes. we were young, but who was Jonathan Taylor Thomas? In that movie? He was Tom. It was Jonathan. Okay. Taylor. He was Tom. Brad Renfro was Huck. Rachel Lee Cook, who's my first crush, was uh, Becky Thatcher. Uh, <laughs> yes. Gosh, Rachel Lee Cook. Rachel oh, my Lee God. Cook. Yeah, man. It was a, that cast was actually stacked when I think that. Like, there's, there was a lot of amazing character actors in there. Like, it was a good cast. I'm sure the movie is trash. Like, if I go back and watch it now, it's, I know. Like, right? it's probably terrible. <laughs> but, like, at that moment, it was everything. It was everything. So, oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. Some things are better in memory, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. I'm afraid to revisit some of my childhood favorites just for fear that they won't hold up or be as good as I remember it. Oh yeah. Cause like, you know, you want to protect that nostalgia and that, that moment, you right. know, but there's some things that absolutely hold up when you go back. We've been doing a, we have a, a West wing book club and we've been doing a rewatch of the West wing and it is still just as amazing as the first time. Like I remember, cause I remember my, my history teacher in eighth grade had us do like a West wing book club and he would like, we'd come in early <laughs> and we'd eat Oreos and like watch the West wing and like talk about, it was a way to learn like government you know right um, wow oh yeah dude it was awesome but now like it's it, we're sitting around watching this thing um and it's it's me lynn and <laughs> sasha Hutchins just watch and we just watch episodes of the west wing and just talk about them and it's just but it's just amazing because like nope this still this is exactly as good as i remember it it's still amazing so yeah man. yeah that show was very much like in my eye the blueprint of like the modern political drama like you wouldn't have House of Cards without it. You wouldn't necessarily have Scandal without it. Like there was, because it made made politics such a, to, in layman's terms, I think, but also without shying away from, this is maybe something that would happen. And I believe people would often say it was pretty accurate to what might happen. Like, you know, they weren't necessarily pulling a smash on us. I just watched a documentary about how it actually, not only was it accurate, but it it really defined from then on what people started to look in for a president and to a fault hmm. because wow the, the thing about bartlett right bartlett was just a good person right like, and so you're all of a sudden there was a shift that people started to notice with the west wing where people would really be you know it wasn't necessarily about the politics it was about mm-hmm. do i like this person which is yeah oh, which is kind of problematic <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like like no it should probably be about like the policies they're going to enact or uh-huh. not enact when they're in office but you know because martin sheen is just so charming we all just mm-hmm. like, oh who's, who's the charming one who looks presidential yeah. and it's like well that's not the best way to go but okay so it helps with that allison kind of- janney yeah. isn't oh, that and legend let me tell you something right she is actually like i i really reappreciate because i never saw nine to five um okay right but i i want it i've always i remembered loving her and when i've gone back and watched this episode i'm like you are actually out of control like the, <laughs> the, the level of like talent that is in your pinky like i mm-hmm. is just insane yeah i love her work i love her work she's brilliant she's so good we were randomly obsessed with nine to five when we were younger <laughs> but oh my God. um it was like megan hilty stephanie j block you yeah, know yeah. as young closeted gay boys it was mm. like everything you know mm-hmm. and i'm camp yeah you it was about campy camp, yeah. i know wait do you have like a favorite musical nick 
you know, it's so funny. I would have to say Sweeney Todd. I think it, I think it, I think, mm. and I just, I just did it. I did it. It was kind of my gateway back into theater before Ain't Too Proud up at the hangar in Ithaca. Um, and I had the most amazing Mrs. Lovett and she was like uh, Donna Lynn Champlin. Oh, she's phenomenal. She, she was out and she was, when I tell you, like, it was like watching somebody step into a step into like the perfect fit shoe. Mm -hmm. oh yeah this is you could do this all day and you will it was it it just reminded me of like my the first music because the first musical that ever got me was actually assassins i didn't i wasn't like a big i i loved i had a love for damn yankees like i thought that damn yankees are really cool and fun but then i i remember in high school listening to assassins my theater teachers uh in high school actually ran company one where i'd later write that show articulation mm-hmm. they introduced me to assassins they were like yeah you know this is a because they, they didn't do a lot of musicals but they were like this is a musical that if we were to do a musical mm. this would be the one because they were they're very this wonderful group in boston and they really have like for the past 25 years like really just do all sorts of boundary pushing theater really like they just anything that comes to the public they like grab it right after and like try to do the boston oh that's theater. awesome but yeah assassins i was just like this is incredible this is like it's just so weird it's just so (laughs) strange and uncomfortable and and i and again it was one of those moments where you know i think this and this goes back to the honesty conversation i didn't know that musicals i knew that musicals could be fun i knew that musicals could be thrilling and like obviously you listen to these amazing performers doing these amazing things with their voices on these cast recordings, you know, in like the wickeds of the world and the, mm-hmm. and all, and the, all the, the other ones I like kind of like dabbled in like the wet, the wedding singers and like all these. I love wedding singers. Oh my God. Oh my, no. Well, so, yeah. so, so Richard Blake, that's another one mm-hmm. of person that I hate with all my guts. Oh. <laughs> I hate his guts and he's a terrible person. All about the green. All about the green. Yeah. It's, it, 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 that is a perfect song for him. But, <laughs> but I love him. Oh no. No, he's 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 a sweet sweet dude. <laughs> like, yeah, that was like cool. But then I started listening to this, and I was like, wow, you can really build character with these mm. with these songs. And that's all Assassins is is like really getting it. every song just tries to put you inside their head, so you just mm-hmm. understand a little bit more. And it's just brilliant. And so from there, Sweeney Todd, sensing a Sondheim theme. Oh yeah. So to me, I just I am a huge fan. I, you know, because I wouldn't necessarily call myself a musical fan. I would call myself a Sondheim fan. I just think, mm. I think what's, you know, I know that sounds so snobby and pretentious, but like, <laughs> you didn't say it. No, you didn't say it that way. <laughs> no, but, but you know what it is? You know what it is? I, I think partially part, part and parcel to my ADHD brain. I think that for me, I need something that's going to challenge my mind. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, it's very hard for me to like sit and like be entertained. I have to, I have to be engaged. Mm-hmm. I have to like be like, ooh, how did you do that? Even if it's like, like I was watching the Suicide Squad last night, and even that was like, oh, which my God. one? Oh, the new one, the new one. Okay, okay. which is brilliant, and mm-hmm. it's so good. Oh my God! Yeah. And Margot Robbie is a gift uh, to this. Oh movie. yeah, yeah, she's but, great. Oh, she's great. But yeah, I just I need to be engaged. I need to feel like I'm seeing things unfold. I need to see that you worked like like in in intricately on what this thing is, and Sondheim never fails with that son you mm-hmm. always are watching a, a mind work when you're watching a sondheim or listening to a sondheim show uh so i i'm obsessed with with sondheim i love i love him i love his work love yeah i know my god i can't believe he's gone uh, yeah very sad yeah nick I, before we wrap up here i just want to tell you i was at the invited dress for into proud and i got my entire life it was so good 
you were amazing. And at the end, when you gave that as Otis, you give that monologue, the emotion in your voice broke my heart. I have to Aww. tell you, because I saw you too proud, you know, a couple years yeah, ago, yeah, but yeah. now seeing things again after, I mean, at, at this point in the pandemic, now that mm-hmm. Broadway's back, I, I should say, yeah, everything is just affecting me differently. And I absolutely loved it. You guys were so good. And of course we've had Jawan on the pod mm-hmm. and Jelani and like, oh, yeah. I guess we have to get the other guys too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you will. Oh yeah. James will be like, a, like again, fit like a shoe. He will be in here. He, you guys will love him. If you haven't met him <laughs> okay. already. Um, and no, Matt no. Manuel is the best. Matt, Matt is, he is such oh my a God. sweetheart. He's such a good, a good person, but it's so that funny. Voice. About, oh, the voice is out of control. Out of and, control. And that was what I think was so amazing was, again, another case of like, you're never going to find another Ephraim. Ephraim Sykes mm-hmm. is Ephraim Sykes is Ephraim Sykes. I think the the mandate that he gave to Sergio and Des that I think was like, was just don't, don't look for me. Like mm-hmm. what, what is another just powerhouse who yeah. can do their own thing? And Matt with it, with that voice is like, yo, okay. Yep. Yep, so I, I knew understand. this was going to happen. Now I need to go and see it again. I know it, yeah. he gave me the goosebumps. It was crazy. He, I don't understand. I actually don't understand how he does that eight shows a week and or seven shows a week and soon to be eight. Um, oh. oh no, they're adding one more. They're, they're, well, they're adding, you know, cause we, so we, I think just for COVID safety, we'd pulled back, right. We were like, okay, let's only do seven. And then now they're like, okay, yeah, we can, I think we can do eight and it's going to be Ugh. interesting to do eight. <laughs> exactly i'm i'm all about seven i'm like please seven sounds seven. good yeah seven do they pay oh. you more for eight are you allowed yeah. to talk about this they yes. do okay oh yeah that's I, I'll interesting. Always talk about this. yeah they definitely yeah they pay, they're definitely gonna that my bump will go up which is nice but especially for this track for my track which like literally if you you know if you haven't seen the show listeners it's a it's, for me it's basically a three-hour monologue uh-huh. uh, <laughs> for really the stage but but i will say the other thing you know about that that ending i think so, you know, one of the wonderful things about this is, you know, and this is kind of the the beauty, the thing that I appreciate the most about leading shows is when you are in the position of leading shows, that is never just about your talent. That is about years and years of process. And if you want to talk about like years and years, Des, who directs the show, mm-hmm. was my college best friend's godfather. Oh, so wow. back, back my freshman year of college. I, this man, I had no idea who he was. I didn't know what Jersey Boys was. Didn't, I, you know, did, did not know about the Jesus Christ Superstar revival, but I knew that this man was taking us out to dinners at Spice and dropping like $500. <laughs> and I was like, who are you? Why do you have this kind of uh, coin? And, and, you know, and then he would, but he was like, you're an actor. We got to stay in touch. And then years later, like literally my first big show was his, was at uh, La Jolla, Yoshimi Battles of Pink Robots. And he, he i mean he's the reason he changed my career like he he was the first person to give me a shot at a lead role and here i am like 10 years later leading his show but what's what's amazing about that is that we have a shorthand right we i i I know what his aesthetic is and what what works for his kind of shows and dominique has written this beautiful script but i think that the thing especially you talk about the past two years what what occurred to me coming back was like wow this is yes like we can look at the juke the jukebox musical of this and like just it's the life and times of the temptations or you can play it as someone who like found a calling in themselves to try to do something with music mm-hmm. and bullheadedly pushed forward at the cost of losing his four best friends Mm-hmm. and what by the time you get to the end what does that do to you and it's not necessarily about crying it's just about like 
where are you and what do you want? You want your brothers back. That's what you want. It's mm-hmm. a, the music is is amazing, but the but you lost these people, the four people who probably understood you the best. They're gone. They're never coming back. You're, oh my god, I'm crying in the club. <laughs> I'm crying in the club at ten thirty a.m. That's, and, Nick. that's oh what I'm god. saying. Like I think, and that's what I try to bring is just a little bit of that 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 honesty of what that moment is. And mm. you know, and I'm and I'm also very fortunate because Derek Baskin, you know, taught me how to survive <laughs> yeah. that show. I have to, you know, it's it really to get to that moment. You have to like my <laughs> my water regimen is real. <laughs> like I have to have about I think it's sixty ounces before I get to the theater, and then twenty ounces at intermission is like the the water like you have to otherwise you will not make it through that show oh my god do you get like a pee break at some point you're on stage the whole time no i do not get a pee break oh my god i i do not it's it's actually and that that's been you want to talk about like coming out of this pandemic that's been my my greatest like pat on the back like you did it is just like we just had like a five show weekend and knowing that like oh yeah i did all five and like not and it's not because i'm some hot shit it's just like Oh, I can do this. I actually, right. I can. And it, it's, it requires some sacrifice, right? You, you, you're not mm-hmm. going out, but it's possible. And so that's been a nice thing of like, Ooh, okay. It's still there. It's still there. Mm-hmm. So I, I love, I love that show. And I love, I love those boys. I cannot dance. And so they, they, they mask my dancing very well. Uh, they, Cause <laughs> all of them are so talented at movement. So I just kind of stand in the back and like pretend and just make, just make believe that I can. <laughs> I can dance like them, but it, 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 that show has really warms my heart every day, every day. Well, you're a star. So I need to go back. Well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Nick, it has been so fun talking to you. We have one this more thing by. to do before yeah. we say goodbye. I know I'm like, ah, I have so many Marvel things oh to talk to you about, yeah. but <laughs> I guess it's a perfect segue into our, our closing segment, Dose of Drama, where we like mm. to share the drama on our minds and mm. our hearts, on our screens in front of us. Oh. And I'm feeling dramatic about something because you know, the Eternals came out last month and I absolutely loved it. But, you know, for some reason, it's not playing well yeah. with critics. I and I, you know, it's a risk. And I think at whatever 25 plus movies in, I think Marvel can take yeah. risks now. And the amount of representation on that screen was oh, beyond. I was like, finally, I mean, I love I love everything Marvel does, basically. But I was like, finally, I see I see parts of myself in yes. more than just projecting. Yes, I thought it was so freaking good, and the way it was filmed was gorgeous. Yes. And Angelina Jolie has her foot on my neck. Of course she does. <laughs> she, oh, she didn't have to go that hard, y'all. <laughs> I wanted really. more. I wanted more for her character to do. Oh, oh, and I'm sure I'm sure they have a whole plan. You don't you don't yeah. get Angelina Jolie and not <laughs> yeah. give her. You mean like, come on. Wait, um, do you think we're going to get a Disney Plus show with her and Gilgamesh? And yeah, Gilgamesh. Yeah. Do you think that Thena and Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh. will get like a what I, they did in the in between? Wouldn't that be I so good? Because I loved him. It. it would be amazing. And I hope that they really do. I think with Disney Plus, they have such amazing opportunity. They're already taking advantage of, mm-hmm. of just world building, right? Of like, you get more time with these characters. You, you got to pay Angelina Jolie. <laughs> oh, yes. Right? Like, like. Like she's going to need her coin for that, but you know, it it might as well be like filming another movie, like just, you know, just do that. But I think that, you know, to your point and tying the Marvel and the drama in together, Mm. I will say that I felt the same way about Shang-Chi. It was just so beautiful to see people who like, again, have not been able to see themselves in these movies, have a movie, have a story. My favorite stories, and this is, you know, when I was in, back in the Hamilton days, we used to do this thing where every Marvel movie that came out, I, so I rented out a theater. Oh, fun. And we would see it. 
as a cast. It was like, it was like my, my, cause I was like, again, I can't hang with y'all, <laughs> but like when a Marvel movie comes out, I'll be there. Right. Right. And I remember we saw black Panther as a cast and right. That's a cast of old brown and black kids mm-hmm. and black Panther. And we all dressed up in dashikis and we all just like got our very best lives. And it was amazing. And that's how we should feel all the time. Mm. That's it. Like no matter where you grew up, you should be able to look at the landscape of storytelling, even on Broadway. That like that's so much of what we're fighting for on Broadway is like, again, yes, we know that we have to sell to a very specific demographic, mm-hmm. but also like you can keep this art form going by telling the stories of more people. Right. Do you know what I mean because like trans people make money too? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean like everyone makes money, so like you actually can do that, and it's worth it to invest in that if if you just want to look at like the the financial of it, yeah, which is sure so shallow, but like whatever, it's all possible. So you know, I think that that's what's beautiful about where Marvel's at right now, and I think in the drama of it all, yes. I think the only the only thing that is that is so silly about all of this about about Eternals not doing well is I think that Marvel fans, and this is this is something I've just noticed, I'm not bashing comic book fans because I'm a huge comic book mm. fan, but I think that we just as a culture get so used to like formula, mm-hmm. right? We just get so, you know, and I think that one of the things that, that the Marvel community is kind of slowly waking up to is like, hey, you know, when we say experiment, we mean experiment. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're going to try things. We're going to do things that are not just like, you know, the origin story or Tony Stark, you know, in a desert waking up with right. a, you know, Iron Man suit. We're going to try things. And I think that people, I'll make a dramatic statement, like, get with it. Yeah. Like, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's not like your, your regular, you know, hetero white boy saves the world story, but yeah. like, sorry. Right. Right. Oops. You're right. I mean, like, <laughs> there's more people than that. So like, get with it. it. It was even like with the marketing for Eternals. Obviously it was like pitched as a, an ensemble piece, but it, it, they made it seem that Richard Madden was the star. I know. I know. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. It's just like, yeah, he's, he's not like, he's not. in fact, he's like the opposite, you know, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> without giving too much away. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, you know, so I think that that it's really sad that like, yeah, this is really Gemma Chan's story. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really put that forward, but I will say, you know, I think to Chloe uh, Zhao's credit, I, I mean, she was really saying that in all her interviews, pushing Gemma Chan is like, yeah, Good. she is my, my eyes in. And I think that that's just, we, that's what we got to do from now on. You know, I'm like, how can we just continue to push again? He's not pushing narratives on anybody, but like understanding that like everyone has a story to tell. So like mm-hmm. just make space, make space for people, man. Yeah. Ah, let them tell their stories. You Absolutely. Know? It'll be, all be so much better for it. So beautifully yeah. said. Thank you. Yeah. My dose of drama before we wrap up, it also is Marvel related. Ooh, this is, this is theme. This is I sponsored. know. I know. Mm-hmm. Is we mentioned Hawkeye earlier, which of course stars Haley Steinfeld. Yes. And my drama is for years, I had heard on a podcast once that she on the set of Pitch Perfect 3 was advocating for Trump (laughs) because they filmed it in a bubble in Atlanta during the 2016 election. I then for several years was like, oh, I don't I can't really support. Then I come to find out that was all a lie. She is not a Trump supporter. And (laughs) Nick's relief right now. I know. I know. And I. I feel so regretful that I spent four years or so <laughs> because mm-hmm. she is a great singer yes. and she has that great song yes. Yes. that I can't remember what it's called right now. It's um, <laughs> I love me. She has a few. I think she has a few. Yeah. She has and a few, uh, she, yeah. 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 And I think that she's, she's delivering on the assignment in this movie. She was nominated for an Oscar when she was like 16 or something like 14. that. For, 14 for true grit. Right. True yeah. Grit. 
Yeah. And she's giving, I think, a similarly grounded performance in Hawkeye, which I'm excited for you to see, Nick. Oh, I'm so and excited. I think that people should get on board with her because she is really fun. And she doesn't like Trump. No. And we love that. And that's and yes. it's so that. it's so sad. I think I think, but that's isn't that so sad that like we're at a point where I mean we've kind of always been at this point, but like we're very much like if if you liked a certain president, like I'm not gonna fuck with you. Like I'm just yeah, not, like yeah. you mean like, yeah. like I'm sorry, like I just can't because it literally and again, you know. All love to everyone out there, but like, if you are standing by that person, that person is like literally against like everyone's life on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, like, yep. sorry, that part. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, I, I just don't have time. I actually yep. don't have time for it. Um, <laughs> so the, do your thing over there. Yep. Be mm-hmm. over there. Uh, but I'm so glad that she's not. And she's, I know, I know. If you, listeners, if you haven't seen True Grit and you haven't seen this child's performance in True Grit. It's it's just one of the best premiere performances you've ever seen. In your oh life. yeah, yeah, out of control. It's like ridiculous. She's so natural, and and, and handling like Cohen Brothers dialogue, mm-hmm. which is like out of you know just ridiculous. And she does it like she was born to do it. Oh, and that's the I'll say this. This is not drama like in terms of drama drama, but in terms of a piece that I'm excited to see. Yeah, uh, the tragedy of Macbeth. Joel Cohen's yes. uh, dire- directing uh, solo. Um, with Denzel and uh, Francis. Francis. Yeah. I can't wait. So excited. It looks fantastic. It, I, I'm fantastic. hearing great things. And, I, and I'm a Shakespeare oh, yeah. nut. So, you know, anything. Oh my God. We didn't. Tell, oh, I know. That's a whole, we, we gotta, gotta come back. We gotta, we gotta, gotta come back. Oh, I'll, yeah, I will. If you invite me, I'll be there. All right. <laughs> All right. Nick, I love it. Well, thank you so much for yes. coming on the podcast. You've been a, a, a true delight. And this next year for you, I hope all your dreams come true. Is that drama? Thank you. No, that is not. Dr- that is just very kind. And I, I will take it. Thank you so much. And I wish the same for you guys. I wish it for you guys. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And good Appreciate luck with it. eight shows. Oh, You're going to be you. amazing. Use that little extra money for a Christmas bonus. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe go to Disney or something. Now, where can the people find you? So they can find me at Nikki Walks on both Twitter and Instagram. Little Justice Pod, which is my, my movie podcast. Um, yes. at Lil Justice Pod, and that's on my Instagram. And we're actually bank uh, batching season three right now, so we're getting ready to Ooh. to get back on that train. And, uh, and then at the Imperial Theater, come see Ain't Too Proud. Yes. Come see us do this madness. Uh, oh yeah, three hour marathon. So that's where you can find me. Very worth it. Oh yeah. Thank you so much, Nick. You are a, a superstar, and you are so so nice. So thanks for sharing your talents with us, hmm. Connor. We got some work to do, so we're gonna leave the people. I now. know. People should follow us at the Drama Podcast, me at Dylan McDowell, you at Connor McDowell, and Connor. I'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.